Well, hey there, and welcome back to Fire and Soul, the space to deepen your inner awakening and activate your highest expression. And today's guest, ah, oh, feels like a soul sister. I, I'm so excited to um, share this conversation with, with me and Lena Franklin. It's a, it was like a meeting of two kindred spirits that were meant to meet at exactly this time. And she is also a Dharma activator. And uh, this conversation is really powerful. It changed me in ways. And so I want to share a little bit of the threads that we were weaving as we just allowed for the fluidity of what wanted to come through. Um, we definitely know there will be more. So this is just the beginning of, of what feels like like a, yeah, just a beautiful journey. And um, some of the, the threads that were coming through, we definitely started with what she, she taught me, which is the, the journey inward being the highest calling and why that's more important now than ever. And then of course, how to show up in real life uh, as leaders in the new earth era. Uh, so we talk about that and we also talk about the alchemical season of shedding and then emerging that she's been through that was known as the year of 23 for many of us, but also going back to weaving the threads from when she was just a little girl and, and um, yeah, and the beautiful wisdom that her mother bestowed to her and her lineage and the ancestors and and, uh, and then two different points on her path that really helped her to deepen into her awakening and, and dharma. Um, for this time that we are navigating. We talk about the energetics of personal empowerment. We talk about the shamanic path um, with or without uh, ayahuasca and other plant medicines. We talk about uh, the urgency and the call that many of us are feeling that was also part of a conversation that Lena had on her podcast called the Medicine Woman podcast uh, last year um, around... Yes, understanding the urgency with honor and reverence. And what are we doing about that? Right? Which is why I, I have titled this one the way that I have. But before we get into the conversation, I want to I wanna honor Lena with a bit of her bio. There's a lot to be shared, and I'm going to encourage you to see the show links, the show notes and links to uh, connect with her in ways that you feel called, especially on the Instagram. Um, so I'll leave those links in a moment. But Lena is a medicine woman, transpersonal psychotherapist and transformational speaker, offering the ancient practices of meditation, energy medicine, and psycho-spiritual healing to the modern world. Lena is also a founder of the East Institute, a leading global organization integrating ancient indigenous ways of working with medicine and modern science. Lena teaches and educates on the art of conscious leadership and ecosystem consciousness, supporting people to embody their highest human potential as they step into their soul's purpose. You can definitely connect with Lena at I am Lena Franklin on Instagram. And from there, you'll get all of her links for the East Institute, as well as Lena's website and a lot of other offerings, including her meditation membership, the Bean method, and a lot of other beautiful nuggets awaiting you should you feel called. And then we speak about a couple of her upcoming retreats. I got no skin in the game on this, FYI. I'm just letting you know what sparked something in me pretty big. Uh, and it is... She's going to be offering up um, a medicine woman immersion experience in Belize. And I believe that's going to happen in August and I will be there. She's also offering up Expand Peru, which is a really beautiful shamanic journey 
Uh, and you do not have to do ayahuasca if it's not calling you, but that set in setting is going to be rich and that's happening in September. So again, all that information can be found by checking Lena's uh, Instagram account at, uh, which is I am Lena Franklin. And I will link that in the show notes, of course, my loves. So soul fam, without further ado, please enjoy the Valley of Alchemy, authentic visibility and unwavering dharma with medicine woman, Lena Franklin. Lena Franklin, I feel like you're a soul sister. I'm so grateful to finally connect with you. Welcome to Fire and Soul. Mm, Michelle, thank you so much for having me. Oh, we were just chatting before. We're like, there's so much expansion. We're recording on the day of the new supermoon in Aquarius. And there's just so much going on. We're like, it's hard to really tell what's happening. We just know a lot is. You're yeah. feeling that too? Totally. I feel it in my, well, in my head, like I was sharing, but just in my entire body. So I feel like we're uh, we're in complete alignment there. Totally like kindred souls of just like a little sniffles. If you hear it, fine. If we sneeze, fine. But really it's all energetic expansion. Um, there are so many beautiful places that I'm excited to weave with you. I've been following your journey for, well, ever since you appeared on Allison Charles podcast. Mm, thank you so much. Yes. Yes. And she's been such a special soul scheduled and rescheduled a few times on this show. Rescheduled again. Hopefully we make it happen. And but that was where I first came across your medicine. And then at that time, you were um, hosting the Medicine Woman podcast. I think it's on hiatus or something is shifting about that. But I devoured every episode. And then I really started to pay a lot of attention to you. So before we dropped in with, you know, what we have to offer to my listeners and viewers today, I just wanted to take a moment to honor you. I had never seen um, and felt a woman that looks the way that you look, your external beauty, you've been gifted by God, your parents, this lifetime, it was important for you to look the way that you look and for your heart to actually, um, I felt your heart and your spirit more than I saw your beauty. And that's rare for an LA girl. And it stopped me. And I was just like, I feel you. And I can also sense, especially in your conversation with Marion Williamson, the urgency of your dharma without it feeling urgent. So I want to share how much that's meant for me and how you've really helped me open up into more of a relaxed state of well-being in the midst of it all. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing that I really want to honor you for, because it's literally on my website, is there was a phrase that you used to have on your website that I hear you say, and I know you write and post I don't see it listed anymore, but I want to honor you deeply because it changed my life. And it is the phrase, the journey inward is the highest calling or the highest calling is the journey inward. I don't remember exactly how you phrased it, but I sat with that in the hardest parts of my own journey and all the twists and turns of the shedding and the deconstructing and the dismantling of a business and a life I once knew. And a lot of that has shifted and is not recognizable, but I kept coming back to your words. They were they were a soul balm for me of like, that is what's happening. That is all that matters. And I will know, right, when it's time to shift out of this, but it was really potent, really deep and narrow there for a long time. So I just want to honor you because you've been a beautiful guide in my life in so many ways. 
And it's, it's, it's really why I invited you because I want my audience to get to know your beautiful spirit and heart and, and get to know your journey because you faced the hardest parts of yourself to get here. And I believe that's what I'm experiencing through your radiance. And I just wanted to take a moment to honor you. Michelle, thank you so much. I'm I'm just breathing in all of your words and mm-hmm. it's it's deeply nourishing and nurturing to be seen so clearly. So thank you for that. Um, I'm just getting the full divine tingles on that one. Um, just letting that sit because it's true. It's um it's important. And I think a lot of people can project. Um, and assume and all the different ways in which they do. And so that brings us to a little bit of your backstory. It's it's a question I hesitate to ask because it's so loaded. Like, where do I begin? What do you want to know? Like, but yours is so specific. And I think it speaks to the little girl in you that's still so present, along with the medicine wise woman. So what would you like to share part of probably your awakening journey? And I know there's two really important parts, but it started long before. So I would love to hear whatever wants to come through around. Tell me a little bit about how you came to be where you are today. Yeah. What wants to come through initially as I'm tuning in is, you know, the, the, the childhood piece around, you know, growing up in a home with a Buddhist mom who embodied non-duality in this really interesting way. She was one of the most nurturing humans, so loving, so evolved, so gifted. Um, at the same time, she carried a tremendous amount of, of fear, of pain, of sorrow, of PTSD. You know, she immigrated to the U.S. in 75, the only person from her family, you know, from, from Vietnam to come here. So I just think about the, um, the potency of her courage to physically move across the globe for a better life and to create a life where she could cultivate resources to send back to her family. So Mm -hmm. she was revolutionary in so many ways in my mind and the archetype of, um, the warrior in so many ways and the archetype of the queen in many ways as well. And mm. she was my first spiritual teacher in mm. this lifetime. And she was my spiritual teacher, of course, as, as a mother um, teaching me in different ways, but she, she opened me up to the spiritual rituals of reconnection to authentic self mm. through intention, through stillness through the practice of compassion. I remember she would get super activated watching the news and of course, war and murder and all of these horrendous things um, out there in the world. And when she would get overwhelmed, she would usher us to the family ancestral altar. And so we would pray and we would meditate and we would you know, connect with our ancestors and connect with Buddha energy and the energy of Kuan Yin, the the female Buddha of compassion. Mm. And at the time, I thought it was ludicrous because none of you know none of my other friends were doing this. Like, okay, mom again coming down the stairs in her monk robe. <laughs> oh, cool! Not cool at all then, but how cool oh, now? Cool now. I know. I'm like, I totally see you, mom. I totally get. Oh. It. I understand and and. It was the greatest gift. It was the greatest gift. And my dad, you know, much more 
kind of on the conventional side, but he is a psych a psychologist. And so, and he brought, you know, he brought in the more pragmatic, practical, scientific energy into the house. Um, also very fun loving and accepting of my mother and loving of my mother. So my whole journey has been made of being a bridge of the East and the West. Mm -hmm. And that began with my mother's choice to come to this country. And, you know, she mm -hmm. uh, just, I just think one generation later, you see that the progress and the evolution. And so her choice to come here and then her soul's choice to exit early. Um, well, in my mind early, but really divinely timed, right? Mm -hmm. So she had a sudden stroke at the age of 57 when I was in my first year of graduate school at the University of Georgia. It was the first time I was living alone. I was diving into my my path as a helper, healer, and practitioner. And so grief for me, pain and grief was my portal into my spiritual awakening because I kept, I, of course I was devastated, but I kept asking myself this question of like, if life is so fleeting in human form, then why are we all here? And that just kept rolling through my consciousness. And, and that's what guided me back to create a formal meditation practice from the teachings that she brought to me um, as my my mother and my spiritual teacher and all of her ancestors um, mm -hmm. that walked before her. And so in the spaciousness and in the sacredness of meditation, it was where I began to transcend and see that grief was just one part of my human experience and one part of my soul's experience. And I was so much more expansive and so much more vast than the grief that had gripped me for so long. And so I'll pause there because um, there's something within my dharma. And thank you for naming that as we, we began. There is this urgency mm -hmm. and there's a need to embody the urgency in the feminine mm -hmm. that allows us to flow in an accelerated, accelerated way, but with ease. And for me, my personal medicine, my soul's medicine, a big part of it is the alchemy of pain into power. When I say power, authentic power beyond the ego, beyond fear, beyond the, um, the projections and all the, the density we see in the world, but the power of our beingness yes. um, as we sit within ourselves. Mm, so beautiful and beautifully said, by the way. Um, I feel very much like, again, kindred sisters. Um, I have also learned a lot through fire, a lot through intensity, a lot through, um, some would call drama back in the day. These days there's far more grace, but for those that are still learning through more fire, um, and they would like to, or is it even possible in your, from your point of view to not rewire dharma, but like to shift the dharma. So it's almost like, how do we move out of dharmic patterns, excuse me, karmic patterns into more dharmic patterns so that we can actually get to why we're here. And it's, it's a funny like side note almost. I heard your conversation with Marianne Williamson on your podcast, Medicine Woman. And I encourage anyone to go listen. We'll, we'll link it in the show notes, but 
She was on a very, very, very strong, like urgent call, clearly, right? And then last night she announced that she's out of the race and as we record this in real time, but how do we move from knowing there's this urgency? And this is something probably I'm asking on a personal level from truly surrendering on some level, God's got everything right, all in divine order. This is exactly as it's meant to, but yet if each of us could just awaken a little more fully to why we are here and why we chose to be here and not focus on maybe the karmic patterns, but more the dharmic um, opportunity that is what we truly want to awaken fully into, what would you suggest are a few ways or maybe your experience of how to begin to smooth out some of those ripples? <laughs> What a great question. <laughs> this is like a hang out here all day, huh? <laughs> I know. Stay a while. Um, <laughs> and so I actually posted about this yesterday on my Instagram. Ah. Um, at least a part of the message was, was this, is if we can, and this comes also, I want to share from my, from my Buddhist lineage and Buddhist psychology. And when I say Buddhist psychology, you know, that, that philosophy can be applied to, to any lens of spirituality, um, but it's just lessons to live by. Mm -hmm. So if we can individually and thus collectively reprogram our relationship with discomfort, mm. actually expand the, um, the window of tolerance to lean into our resistance, to lean into our grief, to lean into our pain and ask, perpetually ask, what are the lessons I'm meant to learn? And we do it with refined consciousness. So the pain doesn't have to um, obliterate everything in our life. Although that's been a big part of my journey because of my particular dharma, I needed that those lessons to be very, very fiery. But for those of you tuning in, when you feel you know discomfort, when you feel anxiety, when you feel the wave of sadness, you know, continue to be so acutely aware of those emotional experiences or when you feel misalignment and you are the alchemist of your life. Like Michelle shared, like to journey inward is our highest calling. So when we reprogram our relationship with discomfort, we actually embody a greater frequency and power of who we truly are. Mm -hmm. And we smooth those ripples out because we catch it. We catch the lessons before perhaps they need to scream at us down the line. Mm, I love that. And that's a wonderful yeah. teaching. Um to just remember to keep our listening clear and clean and highly discerned. Um, yeah, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. You know, there's there are a lot of places that I want to go, but what we kind of already are coming up with or through what, what's the, what, what's emerging is it's honoring the call. And what I'm feeling right now is the bridge that you and I are both walking in one way or another honoring the call with authentic visibility. Yeah. <laughs> and I say that because, I mean, my viewers will see what you look like. You're stunning and you're stunning on the inside, more importantly, and God gave you this, right? But I imagine that has also shown you a lot of places where you get to grow and evolve and expand beyond other people's projections. And then you add that unto a radical shift in authentic visibility with one marriage to another. And I would love for you to share Really, it wasn't about the marriage. It was about what was coming through and how to really honor why you are here in your dharma at this time. 
And, and then we get opportunities to like you, yoga magazine, uh, Vogue article, and many other globally known publications. And so to continue to honor with deep authenticity, authenticity, the shares that want to come through, but while recognizing that legacy media has not always been our friend, <laughs> right? So how, so that part right there, I guess, I don't even really know what the question is, but I think you can probably pick up what wants to come through around honoring the call with authentic visibility, which I will say without judging, because I don't mean to, there's a lot of people I think that think they're doing that. And maybe I'm included. I don't really know in this moment. But then we look back and we're like, oh, that's when maybe ego hijacked higher self. Yes. Right? And so yeah. I actually was just wearing a different mask. I went through that phase of my own experience these past two and a half years. But then getting really clean and clear and pure and holy on like, let's get super honest. What does this mean? Does this need to be a yes? And if it's attached to any external validation for me, I have to say no, right? Because it has to be that pure. But I'm just curious if, if there's anything in there that you would like to speak to, because it feels like you might. Yes. <laughs> Juicy. Yeah, this is mm -hmm. good. Yeah. So initially, what, what I want to share, what's coming through is that our embodiment, the way that we look this body, this, I call it this wild meat sack that we have <laughs> soul in human form. Um, the way that, that, the way that we look our presentation, there is no coincidence. It is divinely perfect, um, for, for all the reasons that your soul chose. And, you know, maybe it's to learn specific lessons. Maybe it's to um to appeal to different communities you know maybe it's because you are a bridge you know there's there's so many reasons mm. but for so long for so long i hid behind the image that people expected me to be and i played into that story um and into the conditioning of society around privileging external beauty beyond anything else. Mm. I remember being, you know, in high school, you know, comparing my body um, to every other girl that walked by, right? And judging so, so incessantly and mm. self-harming and even, you know, having suicidal thoughts because, you know, I didn't fit into a bathing suit, you know, mm. the way I wanted to. I didn't have the breasts, the you know, the big breasts that I wanted to, I didn't, you know, have the slender body, like a, you know, model that my, my sister had. So it's, you know, we all have these aspects of ourselves that we judge and shame. Mm. Shame is one of the energies we're meant to alchemize and heal through the, the specific experience of being in a human body. Mm. So, so there, there's all of that. And you know, especially being in the healing space, it's very interesting because I received, I got my master's in social work and then went on to be a licensed clinical social worker. I remember, you know, specifically intentionally choosing outfits to go to my social work job right outside of grad school that were, that would, would mask me where I would hide, where I would look kind of more dowdy and behind a veil where I, you know, wouldn't 
wouldn't garner attention. Getting attention, it was this catch-22 and this really interesting polarization. I was conditioned to receive attention and to get attention in certain ways. So when I would go out with my girlfriends in college, that was a whole nother story, right? But then in these other areas where we've been conditioned to hide and be and not be too much and not be, you know, um, you know, glamorous or um, you know, you shouldn't wear makeup, you're going into clients' homes or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, we we play into the stories that society conditions us with. And I absolutely did as a licensed clinical social worker, you know, working in the field um, here in Atlanta and outside of Atlanta. Um, and now I see, you know, I, as I've evolved on my path, mm. uh, a big part of my calling is to be a bridge between ancient indigenous cultures mm-hmm. and the modern world mm-hmm. and to amplify and empower wisdom keepers. When I say wisdom keepers, I mean, you know, those who really carry the lineages of energy medicine or shamanic healing, meditation. You know, that's that's part of my bridging my dharma. And so that's what, that's, you know, a part of the reason why, you know, people can't tell you know, what I am. And I get asked all the time, you know, that, you know, what are you and what ethnicity are you? And even when I go back to Vietnam, they don't really recognize me as Vietnamese because, you know, the way of the way that I look. Um, and, and I've been so ashamed of mm. my external beauty for so long, mm. for so long. I mean, I would even say only within the past I'm going to be honest with myself, like three years I've, I've fully dropped into, um, owning, owning that. Ah, good. Because I, I didn't want to be too much. I didn't want to be judged by my sisters. The sister wound was so Mm. insidious, so deeply entrenched that I didn't want to be cast out of the group or judged because in other lifetimes, you know, we were persecuted and killed and, um, you know, we were hi- highly unsafe if we were not accepted within the tribes. Mm-hmm. And so I would hide, you know, I would hide and I would, it would be this dance of like, oh, I, I, you know, I, my authentic self wants to present in this way. But if I did, and like, I would get a look or I would get a a comment or I get a judgment, then I would shrink back. So it was this, you know, for many years, for many years, it would be the stepping out like the Lotus, and then it would be a shrinking back. And, um, and that, that oscillation is important. You know, when we step into our authentic self or when we say something that's so deeply from our truth, we may feel a wave of shame. I know Brene Brown talks about um, the vulnerability hangover (laughs) after we actually share our truth. And even when it comes to physical appearance, that was the case for me for so many years. And it's important that we tune into the divine relationship we have with our appearance and Marianne Williamson's beautiful teachings and, Mm. you know, how she talks about, you know, who are, who are you not to be, you know, fabulous and talented, gorgeous, and beautiful. You know, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. Right. Uh, And that also has to do with sometimes our physicality. She also is a very beautiful woman. Yes. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that is so powerful. I got very weepy when, when you shared that for the longest time you carried shame about your external beauty. And thank you for being so precise in your languaging. It was like your external beauty, right? Like what you were given. And I didn't, I've never heard anyone say it in that way. Um, and it's such a beautiful opportunity for anyone listening or watching to see you, anyone who's physically beautiful from a different point of view um, and what we've had to play down. Um, I was recently on a stage. It was like a five-year dream come true type of thing. And I said no at first. And then I said, I need a, I need a lot of time to examine if this is still um, aligned with where I am today. And, if, and again, if it had any external validation for me, I, I, ha- I couldn't say, yes, that's just where I am on my journey. It's extremely exhausting to be this clean. Um, but it feels so right. And that feels most important to me. And so, but I was literally told dressed dowdy. Mm. Don't wear those cute outfits that you can wear, like wear baggy clothes. And if I'm honest, I think I followed that a little. Uh, So I'm just like, Oh, wow. I hadn't heard you say that. And there's a part of me that probably got worried that could be true. And so I didn't honor my own truth. I not attached to whether or not that thing means anything, but how I showed up in this space and what I wore um, on some level, I definitely put on some makeup and some heels. So, I mean, you know, I worked it a little bit, but I also want to speak to that because you're so fun, right? Like, and this is what I discovered right away before I hit record. Like there's something to be said for, yes, the shedding, the authentic visibility, which I want to get to your yoga shoot that I was so inspired by that you shared recently. And then also you letting go of the extensions and you not having hair and makeup done for you and, and what that was like. And to reveal that version of you today in a new year, right? In a new timeline. And also I've heard you say you're stepping up and more fully onto the timeline that you know you are being called. And so with it, it's like, it's like, this is, this is it. Let's go kind of thing. Right. But can you take us back to your photo shoot and letting go of extensions? Cause I did the same a few months ago and I don't think enough women are talking about how we can honor the beauty yet also let go of what might've had its time. Yeah. Right. And I honor the reasons I wore them and all of that. But at the same time, I'm like, I still like nice things. Don't get me wrong. So it's like, I don't want to be pigeonholed. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Totally. <laughs> I love this so much. I laugh so hard at this because my branding team, it's like every month I'm like, okay, I should just shave my head. Like, you know, it's like the, there's me so many- yeah. I'm like, am I supposed to shave my head and like be tattooed? Like wear right. Birkenstocks and not shave my legs anymore. I don't know. I'm like, who am I anymore? Oh my God. I'm so glad you're saying this. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's so good. And it, it sounds, it can sound silly because we're talking about when you are out there leading people, it's not when you're going through your full on transformational process from the inside out, it has to be talked about. It has to be talked about and nothing, 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 nothing is insignificant. It really Mm. isn't. So, so of course, you know, whether it's our relationships or our work, our businesses, our, our, you know, partnerships, our physicality, the way we wear our hair, our clothes, nothing is insignificant, especially when we're shifting, transforming, alchemizing so rapidly within. So mm-hmm. yes, the photo shoot, um, <laughs> which, you know, is so interesting. I will say this past year has been one of perhaps the most challenging year of my life 
in that the acceleration of the shedding and the lessons were so painful and, and deep. And, um, it was certainly an initiation. So it's, it was the classic non-duality of the incredible accelerated expansion of business, a purpose of Dharma. And then at the same time, the rapid shedding of, um, people and yeah. a team, you know, lots of shifts in my team. Um, and, so the shoot was really interesting because it was timed and it was impromptu, but of course, divinely timed the, on, on New Year's Eve. So the day, New Year's Eve day, and I was asked to be on the cover of yoga magazine, which, um, if, if you know, yoga magazine, it's the, the number one yoga and health magazine in the UK. And, um, I had the honor of meeting and connecting with the editor many years ago. He came on a retreat, a meditation retreat with me to Jamaica and he's amazing, a barrister turned yogi. Um, so he has his own, he has his own story, but this shoot was a reclamation. It was a ceremony. It was me showing up just as I am in my authentic beauty without the masks. Cause I had just taken my extensions out. I had extensions like in for you know, like se six years without taking them out. I mean, I, I would, of course would get them done, but they were like a part of yes. my image. You know, people would say like your hair is a part of your brand and a part of, um, you know, that kind of goddess energy that you bring. And, and I see the purposefulness in feeling feminine and safe and mm. feeling confident, you know, in myself with the way that I felt in my goddess energy when I had the beautiful long locks and all the more kind of done up makeup. And so I don't regret any of it. I think it's, it's just a part of the path and we connect to what allows us to express in a way that feels safe enough to be out in the world, especially if you are a global leader. Mm -hmm. So that's where I was for many years. And it came a point where divine spirit was like, show up just as you, yes. you, don't need a, you don't need a thing. Mm. In my own makeup and my own hair without extensions for the first time in my life. Wow. when it comes to photo shoots, mm -hmm. like professional photo shoots. Yeah, yeah. And it's very interesting too, because um, a part of the shedding, and this is so symbolic, you know, when you look back, you're like, you cannot make this shit up. <laughs> a part of the shedding was, you know, a massive betrayal from my old makeup artist. Mm. So, and I love him dearly still. Mm. And I said, so much compassion and I know he's, you know, hurting and, um, in his own process, mm. but symbolically, mm. he symbolized for me the mask. Right. So, yeah. So I showed up by my, you know, he wasn't there. I was with myself and it was ceremonial in that, mm. um, every movement felt like a dance. I felt mm. more empowered, more empowered with zero, performance and zero self-doubt or how does my butt look or my waist look when I turn this way or that way, you know, it's none of that. I just, mm. it was, yeah, 
it was me as whatever labels we want to use the medicine woman in her pure essence. She was. And also what was coming through just now, and, and I've been experiencing some of this myself is it felt very divine mother energy. Yeah. And there's a, there is a rite of passage as we get a little older, you know, in the linear years of, of living on, on mother earth of, I think you just celebrated your 39th solar yes. return. Yes. And, um, there is something to be said for, I've been feeling that shift myself was like with so much in my background of being on air and, and how celebrated and validated I would be for that. Right. Um, and I loved it. And it was important for me to move through that piece to know my worthiness without it. And to also really honor when they came back, even last year, like we want you back on the show was called extra and I could easily say no. You know, it was just like, oh, that's no longer aligned in this moment. So, um, but it, but it is seductive to get yeah. caught up in those metrics of approval. And I also know that you, like me, are a perfectionist people pleaser, which is the worst combo, right? <laughs> Can you share about how you begin to notice that and then alchemize that? And then I want to circle back to the dowdy version of you. That also then had to like look at certain clients in even as recent present time and be like, this is no longer aligned energetically, right? And the shift of that to allow for what was wanting to come through that you're experiencing now, but that's, I think, the discomfort that mm -hmm. so many of us are feeling of. We're not quite what it once was. We can see what, we can feel what wants to come through, but the courage that it takes to honor that particular call is what I'm seeing you embody and model so beautifully. Mm, thank you. Yeah. So we'll circle there in a moment, but the alchemical process. Um, yeah. So what wants to come through on that? Oh, so, <laughs> so I, I want to make sure that we're, you know, that, that I'm hearing you, the al alchemical process around, um, what, how to, how we're really stepping into our authentic selves. Yes. 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 And the shedding and the letting go and the being willing to do that for what is coming forward, what is coming through, what is emerging. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, it's, we have to get really comfortable with death, you know, the death of our old selves. Mm -hmm. And, and there's a, you know, there's a beauty in that, you know, I love, I love the, the metaphor of the Lotus that the, the beauty of the lotus emerges only from the murkiness of the mud beneath. Mm -hmm. And and so I've I've been through so much. Um, and mm -hmm. so we talked about my mom's death. So moving to my second major initiation and dark night of the soul was seeing the reflection of myself mirrored back to me from my first marriage. And that was a marriage that was the embodiment of the aspects that I was attached to outside of myself. So we met in college and it looked perfect and beautiful and it was fun. You know, he played basketball, I played soccer in college. And so we kind of ran with the athlete crowd and had a lot of fun and just, it was comfortable. It was familiar. It was I got a lot of validation from my family, from society, from, you know, friends that this was it. This was the thing to continue down the path with. And, you know, he has a lot of similarities um, 
with some similarities to, to my biological father. And so, you know, of course they became friends and it was like, oh, you know, everyone approves and accepts. And so it must be aligned, right? Is the yes. story. So we got married and, and continued our life. And we traveled a lot and it looked perfect on the outside. It was the, um, you know, shiny kind of life that everyone that, you know, resume wise people were conditioned to want to desire. It was and like the equivalent of my TV, right? Like, yeah, oh, exactly. right. Everyone loves you. Look at you, the role model of perfection. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. oh, right. Until my energy systems were saying differently and there, I kept denying, I kept looking away because of the poor shame. And I kept repressing the voice inside of me that was like, something's not right. I mean, even the moment he asked, mm -hmm. it was set up so beautifully. It was on the top of a ship in Halong Bay in Vietnam. And my sister and my dad were there. And so it was just the four of us, so, you know, how can you say no? To mm -hmm. it? I remember the resistance inside when I said, mm -hmm. and so that took me on a whole journey because, you know, the journey is not linear. We have to get lost so we can be found and we have to see where we choose to lose ourselves and we choose to self-betray. And I self-betrayed over and over in that first marriage. So um, very purposefully so. And, and so going back to when I began to see and feel really that my energy centers were shutting down mm. and I could barely get out of bed to go to my therapy office to see my clients. And it just, you know, it, it was screaming at me at that point. And that's when I started to explore energy medicine um, and shamanic healing. And so it led me deeper onto my path, but, but it was, you know, it was really that relationship when it comes to perfectionism, mm -hmm. um, that relationship was my mirror of perfection. Mm -hmm. And so I'm grateful for the lessons, uh, but it was, you know, there were quite the lessons because when I chose to leave the marriage, there was a complete uproar in my family, in my, you know, my friend groups, or really primarily it was my, my family, my, you know, I, there's so much to say around it, but the stories that are created around a woman leaving a seemingly perfect marriage, it almost is more believable for people that, um, cause there were all sorts of wild stories. Oh, she's, she's brainwashed. She's in a shamanic cult, you know, cause at this point I was, you know, I had gone to Peru to experience ayahuasca and to be on my spiritual journey. Mm -hmm. It was more believable that I was brainwashed and in a cult mm -hmm. than it was to believe that I was actually leaving an unhappy misaligned marriage. Mm. That's really spoke to the entrenched conditioning of, you know, my family and, and some of my friends, you know, the ones that were, that are just dear to me, of course, they, they saw me and they, they know me, but, um, it's all purposeful. It's all medicine. That's where I was going to circle back to, but you just answered it. And thank you for coming full circle. It was like, wait a second, created that on purpose for you then to be able to catch it and yes. liberate yourself from those old, outdated ways of navigating this particular life so that you could get to the Dharma, exactly, which is what it was always anyway. Always. But you spoke to something that actually ties into the part of where I did want to go next, which is 
our businesses are shifting right now and you can feel it. There's an acceleration and a massive expansion in the world of what East is representing and all of your beautiful offerings and potential new location, you know, on the West coast and all these exciting things. Is that okay to say that? Yes. Okay. Um, I was like, cause if not, we'll edit it out. Okay, good. I was like, wait, no, no, no. Before. wait hold up. <laughs> all right. Um, I love keeping, uh, keeping it really real. But, you know, I know I experienced this uh, about two years ago when the world was beginning to awaken, right? Thank you, COVID. Thank you for all of that. Um, sad that it had to get to that and where it is now, but it is, there is a beautiful shift happening as well, right? So where are we going to place our focus? However, there's something to be said for the grief that I know that you've carried and that I've carried um, around the clients that would no longer fit with the most authentic version of ourselves, the friend circles. I mean, the splits and the splinters have been very real. And then, right, like I know you're in a beloved relationship with Jeff, your, your, your husband and partner, but to be able to then continue to see life and reality through that same lens or shared lens of perception uh, is extremely rare. Mm -hmm. It's extremely rare. And I, I, from everything that you've shared, it sounds like you really have that with him as a partner in life and in business and what you are creating for humanity um, as we enter into this, this golden age, truly. Um, but I'd love for you to share about that journey that everyone can say now, look at her on the cover of yoga and the way that you look and all this, but all this is the alchemical process that we were referencing a few minutes ago. Of how can how can you share or shed light on anyone that's listening or watching that might be going through that process too? Not quite where I was, not quite where I know I'm being called to be. The difficulty in navigating, even just financially. I mean, I know for me, I had several clients where those private calls they paid all the bills. Yeah, and they were no longer aligned. And a lot of people are not aware of that because I don't tout my private client business, my mentorship business, but it all but dried up, right? Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I didn't go back. It was like, no, I didn't stop what I was saying or sharing. I couldn't, just like you, there was a mandate on my soul. Mm -hmm. And so for that, I'd love to just hear your process and being able to hold the grief, but while also understanding almost like divine mother, mm -hmm. this is necessary for the mission. Yes. Yes. I'm just tuning in. And for those of us who are here to create massive impact and change on the earth together, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I, I feel this beautiful sisterhood with you and I'm great. I'm just really, really grateful to have this conversation. Thank you for saying that. Me too. Really. I'm getting the full yeah. news. Thank you. Yeah. We must be willing to let go of anything that stands in the way of the mission. And also, we're meant to work with other humans who are also have that capacity. Mm. So a part of the beauty, the heart-wrenching grief, the change, the evolution of my journey, my professional journey, has been to lean into the acceleration, which meant a perpetual letting go, letting go, letting go. And every time I let go, I was reminded of what unconditional love actually is. 
And that, that lesson has, will always guide me forever. Like in the rest of this, this lifetime in particular, because I know I, I am so clear of what I offered them. I'm so clear of the, the meaning and the connection that I was meant to have in that person's life, whether it was a client I had for, you know, a couple of months or someone who worked with me internationally and individually for years, you know, I, I, it's almost this, um, you know, you're, you're, you're accelerating forward and you're just, you're touching, you're touching, you're illuminating. I, I think of this image, Michelle, of being in an airplane at night mm-hmm. and you're down on a city. And if you're this bright light and then you touch, and then all of the lights begin to come on and just oh, I love that. spread yeah. far, far and wide. Mm-hmm. I look back and, and I see how my students, you know, they're all like, they have community with each other because they were worked, you know, with me on, you know, in my programs or on retreat or in my women's groups or mentorship groups. It's like, yes, you see the beauty, even though for, for the warrior that is moving forward in Mm. an unwavering and unapologetic way, our humanness needs to grieve, but the soul is celebrating. So Mm -hmm. we have to hold those two in divine grace for ourselves. So beautifully said. I just want to give that a moment. Yeah. Holding that in divine grace, that feels like the field that's being co-created right here. And also by many, many others that choose to be in collaboration and choose to see what is really happening from almost that divine gaze, divine grace point of view So it makes perfect sense that you were to even like scan out from like an aerial point of view. Um, Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Which brings me to, I'm just so emotional today. Wow, well, I woke up feeling tender physically anyway, but it's so perfect that we connected because this is such an honest, vulnerable conversation that I don't think a lot of people really talk about. And, And we present as, you know, yeah, less and less these days, but like I got it all figured out and and that's the least, right, of what's happening. Like none of us know, like, and I guess that's the question that I, I want to begin to close out with is, you know, you have a steady partner who's a fierce warrior himself and anointed shaman and from everything that I can gather, just a really beautiful soul. And you've met your match, your beloved, and I know you are twin flames. You've shared very openly and um, and I, I encourage anyone to listen to more and more about what that means. It's not always easy, but it's what was meant to be for this life. But I don't want to put any energy on any fear, but there's also something to be said for kind of piggybacking on the urgency that we've been discussing and, and honoring the call, the real call, the authentic call. What is Easter? What do you and Jeff have, or what do you have thoughts around what's really happening and where, where humanity gets to go or the liberation that is really up right now that some would say, we don't really know. Like I've really truly learned to just say, I don't know. I'm surrendered. I I don't know about even this life. I'm fully surrendered. And to your point, I'm held in unconditional love, Christ consciousness. I know this. And so if I just stay in that space, my heart, divine grace, 
Mm-hmm. And I just trust my path. I trust where I am guided and I trust that I can listen and honor it now because I've learned, learned to. But do you have thoughts around, whoo, this is a mission of all missions. It is. Or, I mean, do you just try to stay in the moment? Like, I'm just curious how you navigate. You have big dreams, big, big visions, and it's, it's global. It's beyond this earth. Right. It's ancestral. It's everything. Like, I think you can probably get where I'm trying to go. There's not a real pointed question, but what comes up for you when you really get present to what we are navigating as a collective for those of us who can be with it and or meant to be with it? Mm. It's a yes and. Mm-hmm. Yes and. And and I want to begin by acknowledging that we know so little. I know so little. You know so little. You know, my beloved partner, Jeff, we know so little. And that keeps us humble. <laughs> <laughs> humans, it's like, okay, we're just doing this damn thing the best that we can, you know, yep. this, this human life. And also, so it's this is the yes and. There's a mission beyond words that flows through us. Mm-hmm. And to when we, as we've been together, you know, for the past seven years or so, almost seven years, everything that mm-hmm. was made of fear has burned away. And it's, you know, I feel like we're we're a we're at the kind of dregs of that over the, you know, because we're still integrating 2023. Mm, for sure. And that that mission is unwavering. It's unwavering. At the same time, it's important to temper that yang energy of moving forward, forward movement, creation, yang, like pushing forward in an accelerated way with the yin of the feminine, mm-hmm. which is what I'm, you know, I, I know that that's a big part of my dharma as well. Is like really holding that energy, embodying that energy that is no different from the energy of Pachamama, Mother Earth, and her elements and beings. And so can we see the essence of ourselves reflected back to us? And that helps us to surrender, like you said, surrender into the flow of where we're being guided as instruments of the divine. So can, you know, that's the perpetual thing, you know, holding those two energies simultaneously. And of course we're human. We get lost all the time. We forget all the time. So it's it's not about not getting lost or not forgetting. We're perpetually forgetful of our essence. We're perpetually forgetful of our Dharma, but it's how quickly can we course correct Mm -hmm. and bring that masculine feminine energy back for the greatest good of the collective, because we are in a massive shift and reprogramming from individualistic consciousness into collective consciousness, which is why you see, you know, the shadow, we want to call it the darkness coming into the forefront in a more overt way. Maybe you're feeling something in your life, people who are tuning in, but we're also of course seeing it on a global scale and that's purposeful for alchemization, but on an individual level in our practice and our personal transformation journey, can we hold both energies? 
Yeah, the equanimity that my beloved teacher Ramdas speaks about all the time, right? His teacher Maharaji was like, Ramdas, love everybody and tell the truth. And Ramdas would say, I can't, I can't tell the truth. I judge everybody. And he was like, Ramdas, love everybody and tell the truth. So then Ramdas was like, Okay, I judge the heck out of all of you and I love you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. But like that's kind of kind of a perfect place to button up my my last question that I actually didn't plan on asking you, but this is what I woke up thinking. It was like something, it felt like it was really important for my soul. And I'm just curious if this has ever occurred to you. And it was, I've been going through about a two and a half year season ever since the beginning of, you know, where I was supposed to awaken next. Definitely ayahuasca awakened me deeply in 2019, but that wasn't even the very beginning. It happened in a Tony Robbins seminar two years earlier, interestingly enough, when I realized that TV was not the be all end all for me at all. It was just my little five-year-old little girl that, um, yeah, plagued by perfectionism, people pleasing, wanted to matter. So I got to play out that and it was important. And then I, and then it just wasn't anymore, but, um, it was, I know that the mission that I'm on is important. I know that the most important part of my path was doing the deep work that I've been doing and I'm so devoted to. It's exhausting and it's exhilarating and I can't change it. I'm just on that path. Yeah. And at the same time, it's hard for me to go beyond this now moment with goals or visions or dreams right now. Because I'm just like so surrendered to what is in the highest and best for my life and for the for the best of all, right? So I'm just curious. And, and what came to me this morning was like, of course. It was like I was in this conversation with God. And it was like, of course, my dear, because it's no longer attached to the old ways in which it was validated. Mm. You got that. Because yes. I was like, wait, what? And I knew deep down, I was like, yes, it was like, of course, because television and being on the, all the fancy stages with all like the famous motivational speakers that I used to do all that with even just three years ago. And so nowadays it's like what I do with no partner, no, it's like, not. I'm not complaining about any of this, but there's no victim in any of this. I'm just like, ooh, I have to know the worthiness. Mm -hmm. I have to know who I am and remember it and, and live that because it's because because the old rules no longer apply to how I'm showing up anymore. But yet most of my community that I built my business and who were following and a part of my success through those standards. They're not on board with this. Right. You see what I mean? Yes. And so it's like, does it matter? Am I spinning my wheels? Because. Because at the end of the day, all that really matters is how I'm showing it at the present moment with you. And yet I also know there's much more and I've made it clear I'm available. I would like to continue to stay on the planet. I don't want to exit, right? So I'm very clear on that. But it's also this really interesting space that I find myself in that I've never shared out loud because that that thought just came this morning. Does that resonate and or is there anything you would want to add to that or even provide maybe clarity for me because you're such a beautiful medicine woman who picks up a lot of threads i'm just curious it's a wild way to begin to end but it just wanted to come through <laughs> i love that we're ending on like this is like an infinity sign right now you know exactly well you're gonna have to come back <laughs> exactly we'll we'll revisit the conversation yeah i mean you you bring up it's such a um truthful a truthful illumination of awareness around what it means to be an instrument and to evolve. Mm. 
Because when we're in one, we'll call it a frequency or a state of consciousness. We're in, you know, just say your TV days when you were, you know, connected with those, with, you know, those high profile people and in front of the camera in that way. Um, again, there's nothing good or bad. It's just one frequency. It's a frequency that's a state of consciousness that's going to magnetize people to that state of consciousness. Now, as you're continuing to be in this accelerated evolution, um, it's like the rules begin to change. The paradigm shifts, the story shifts, the frequency shifts, and mm -hmm. it you begin living, this is, this is what's coming through as the fundamental shift in what you shared. You begin living from an internal sense of worthiness from your authentic power versus a source of power that is completely an illusion. Mm. And that my dear, is crossing the threshold, the valley of death, we can call it, of the old way. And as people get closer and closer and closer to that threshold where they have to, they're being forced to confront their shadow, their ego, their attachment to validation, their attachment to the external, because I see how de devoted you are mm -hmm. to your authenticity, your soul, your intuition. Mm -hmm. Some will tr will move through the valley into this place of freedom from the illusion, and many won't because of what it takes and what it's bringing up and what their how their ego is flaring and projecting and just in battle for safety, the illusion of safety. And so that's, that's where we are collectively. And I know, you know, you've experienced that in your own way and your own journey. That was so beautifully said. And there was something about the way in which you said it. And maybe it's because I've been so excited and waiting for this moment to connect with you that, and again, I had no idea that thought would come through or question would be asked because I didn't have it until this morning. It was like, I began to get more clarity, the more that I avail myself to full authentic surrender what must I know? What do what what do I need to know? And um, and so you saying it in that way is um, so resonant, mm. so deep, and so rich. And it really speaks to when we are in the state of consciousness that then creates a new frequency. As I understand what you've shared, and it's so easy to follow from the way that you shared it. And this is obviously what you do. You are a medicine woman, transpersonal psych psychotherapist. Like this is your space. But imagine if more and more and more and more women, especially in the divine feminine era, are having these conversations. And then we get to take this out as consciousness first into our communities. This is how we create new earth. This is how we create new earth. This is it right here. This is it. Not in the future. It's right now. It's right now. It's right now. It is claiming that power right now. Yeah. Oh man, this was really beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you. <sighs> Just honor you so deeply. And is there anything that you wish you'd been asked or that you feel compelled to share as we begin to close out, including any invitations that our listeners or viewers may want to join you on um, anything at all? Mm. 
um, there's a, there's, there's a lot, you know, shifting there. They're going to be, um, you know, different trainings and, and workshops that I'll be offering, um, as women in particular step into their embodiment of what I call your Dharma or your medicine, your soul's purpose. And, and that's where we just talked about it. You know, my specialty is guiding women through that Valley of alchemy. So they then carry that medicine. So I, I, I humbly say, and know from my soul, you know, I'm a Dharma, I'm a Dharma activator. Um, and Mm. I, that work, um, just with just such reverence, really such reverence. And, and so I, I invite you all to, to join, um, us in Peru for expand Peru this September 21st through 29th, which, which is that it's, um, an activation of your soul. And Mm -hmm. we literally journey through the sacred Valley with our shamanic family, um, and receive the rites of the moon. And there's an opportunity if you're called to sit with grandmother Aya and just and essentially get initiated into the shamanic lineage that both Jeff and I mm. are a deep part of and, and have been initiated into to bring, I guess, as the bridge to bring forth to the West. Um, and then also, this hasn't launched yet, but um, I'm taking names of people who are interested to be on the VIP list to perhaps join me in Belize for a medicine woman immersion where I'll be working alongside my sister and teacher, Rosario Ponti, who is a Mayan elder. And mm-hmm. uh, and we just have such a, a beautiful sisterhood. And so we'll be we'll be activating that that medicine woman that wants to come through. Interesting. What is the medicine you'll be serving there? So so she so what she's gonna be literally moving us through the jungle to learn about medicinal plants from her native land. Um, and I work with psilocybin when I, when I bring people there. Okay. That actually, that speaks to me. So I, I I'll put my name on your short list. Great, great. <laughs> yeah. probably, um, we're looking at August. So. Okay. Yeah. I saw that you did your quintessence um, retreat there last year and it was beautiful and the timing didn't work for me, but That's beautiful. And then I also appreciate that you said for Expand Peru in September that they will have an invitation if they'd like to sit with Grandmother Ayahuasca, but it's not required. No, it's it's really for those who are called to to the medicine. But we know some who partake and then others who who don't. And are there other medicines on that trip for people to experiment with? Or do you work with psilocybin there as well? No, um, we don't work with psilocybin there. Mainly it's um, ayahuasca, mm-hmm. but we also, you know, there we haven't officially decided, but San Pedro is also. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. So good. I mean, listen, yeah. mother, mother ayahuasca for me, she's just been a most important teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do feel like for this life, we may be complete, although I just got a, a little, a, like a little perk. Um, my last integration, which I'm still integrating two years later, um, mm-hmm. I'm still integrating from my first sit five years ago, mm-hmm. things will come. And I'm like, that's what that meant. And finally ready to be with it wow. or understand it. But, um, the last message that she offered me was don't book anything until or if you are called. 
Ah, very wise. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that upset some people that we had one in six months from then, but I had to honor that. So to our whole conversation, just that unwavering Dharma and just really being true to ourselves. Um, Where can our listeners and viewers catch the most that they can about you? Which platform? Yeah. So I would say um, on social media, on Instagram. So it's at, at I am Lena Franklin. So I I share all of the offerings and Mm -hmm. uh, upcoming invitations and just, you know, more about my life and and work. So, Mm, well, that's where I came across you. So, I mean, technically it was through ceremony circle, but this is how we find one another. Right. And so anyone who's listening, just like I was listening to Lena, you know, a year and a half ago on ceremony circle or whenever that came out, um, follow the nudge. If there's something here, there's such depth and beauty and wisdom and what you have to offer. So I honor you so deeply. And I have a feeling there will be more and more in an in-person experience. So I'm just really grateful in advance for that. But I want to say thank you for your time and for bringing your full heart, mm. magic and medicine to fire and soul. Mm. I'm deeply honored, deeply honored to be here. And thank you for you're sharing your tremendous gifts with the world and fire and soul is you know a force a force i've really enjoyed uh connecting with the show so thank you more to come mm-hmm. thank you for listening to fire and soul if you enjoyed today's episode please subscribe rate and review this podcast on your favorite pod player And if you'd like to connect on social, you can find me anywhere at Michelle Sorrow. Or if you'd like to reach out to me directly, you can at fireandsoulpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.